Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Berry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman, wearing a very snazzy hat tonight <laughs> <laughs> to accommodate our guest. Stephen Harriet is with us. Before we get started with this amazing show and this amazing guest, we're going to begin with an amazing prayer. Father- sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much, Father. And we always want to start off the show by thanking everybody out there who supports the U.S. Grace Force podcast. We are very grateful for your thoughts, your prayers, your encouragements, your comments. And of course, for those of you who support us through the Patreon program, that financial support is also very powerful and very helpful. For those of you who would like to consider helping us, please click the link in the description below. And if you want to throw a few dollars our way, I would say a few dollars goes a long way in continuing to get this message out. So please consider doing that. Click that link in the description. And we thank you so much for that. Also, please like and subscribe Share this, get the word out. I also want to acknowledge we broke 80,000 subscribers. Thank you so much for that, everybody. Please continue to spread the word. We hope and pray with all the confusion going on in the world right now, and it seems to be constantly increasing. We want to be giving the messages through the Grace Force that will help people find clarity, find a balanced, measured, kind of peace of mind voice in all that's going on in the world. And that's what we're going to be doing tonight. Father, this is an old friend of yours. Great to have you back, Stephen. Father? Yeah, Stephen, thanks so much for being with us. Um, Stephen and I go way back. He actually married uh, a young lady that I was very good. I am very good friends with her family. And I always kind of half joke that I helped raise her. But (laughs) anyway, um, in fact, her mom, uh, I see her in my pew every once in a while. She goes to mass here in town and um, and it, we, we always share a hug because we're we're great friends. But Stephen is um, an amazing writer, uh, uh, writes, but he's an incredible songwriter. And uh, that's you're kind of putting your eggs in that basket right now, Stephen. Which praise God you are. But this song that we're going to kind of revolve our uh, podcast around tonight, I just love this song. In fact. If we could, I'd, I'd like us to to play it uh, real quick. It's four minutes, <laughs> uh, but uh, you're going to see right away not only a great songwriter but a, an amazing singer. And so, if we could, we could just share this song right now. I'll make that money back somehow, and dollars ain't what matters now. Let's get you home, my darling Steve You should belong somewhere on Christmas Eve You should belong somewhere on Christmas Eve You didn't know who else to call You knew I'd love you through it all If more to give than to Lot has 
changed since New York fell And Washington was blown to hell But we still have our debts to pay We still belong somewhere on Christmas Day We still belong somewhere on Christmas Day So bribe the cops and kill the thugs Say yes to Christ and no to drugs If all the world is lost its way We still belong somewhere on Christmas Day We still belong somewhere on Christmas Day We fought at home and fought abroad But devils fight and so does God And every soul's a battle That's what I'm fighting for In this old Jeep that is my home I've saved enough to refound Rome Just bread and martyrs, bones and wine That's what I'm fighting for this Christmas time That's what I'm fighting for this Christmas time Turn off the headlights and still have many miles to go And there's one star that's shining bright On where we all belong this Christmas night On where we all belong this Christmas night While bodies piled up in the street I found a farm where souls could meet Now, let's get you home, my darling Steve You should belong somewhere on Christmas Eve You should belong somewhere on Christmas Eve Am I right? It's awesome. <laughs> um, Stephen, thank you so much. And uh, after I fell in love with it, I found out you dedicated it to me. I'd love to know what that's all about. But um... well, it's, but yeah, it's funny actually. It really does have to do with you know a while ago. Remember, I wrote uh, just a little dedication kind of thing on Facebook. It was all about your ministry at the time. You were at St. Mary's of Pine Bluff. Right. You remember that? And, Thank and it you. was just... yes, I do. Yeah. In fact, I shared it again not too long ago. I practically cry when I read it. Thank you. Aww. So much, well, no, but it's but... It, 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 there's a lot of it. There's a sort of a philosophy of life that goes into the way you minister, and it really does have to do with it's an attitude that makes me suspect that you know if 
God forbid we were in the middle of World War III, I think you'd be up to a lot of the same things Father Aeneas is up yeah. to in this song. So, uh, Well, it feels like we're on the verge of... Oh, and I got to mention, too, that I love fedoras and I don't wear them, but Stephen likes to wear fedoras, and he came on when we were just before recording with his on. I said, oh, I got to get mine. So we're wearing <laughs> hats tonight. It's a hat night. Oh yeah, it's like um, it's like Halloween. Everyone likes to go as Stephen Harry. Yeah, I love fedoras. I wish <laughs> I, I wish I had the guts to wear it more often like you do, but uh, maybe we'll we'll get the trend going again. But yeah. anyway, so uh, Stephen, yeah, if you could help us uh, get into really what this song is all about and what was your sure. impetus for writing it, and uh, you know, help us to understand it's 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 set the setting is Christmas uh, mm -hmm. during World War Three, and so help us out yeah so so it's probably uh it's it's said it, it, right in at christmas time in the middle of world war three so the very near future probably 2023 and um the no, i'm just joking the, uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> i hope you are <laughs> yeah no yeah. but it's it, it's it's set when things it, it's it, it it almost represents in my opinion the song for one thing it sounds outlandish. It sounds strange. It sounds like people are like, "What are you talking about?" It's a it's a it's a Christmas song about a Roman Catholic priest bailing a friend out of jail in the middle of World War III. That sounds outlandish and strange, but I'll tell you, it really resonates with people. And 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 every time I've sung it, I'm not tooting my own horn, um, but every time I've sung it live to a new audience, uh, people have wept. And um, yep. I think it really does. It, it hits close to home with people because. I think that the dramatic scenario or the setting of it, the premise of it, 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 it kind of resonates with the way people honestly feel about how desperate their own situations are. Right. Um, there, there, there is no controversy about saying that um, people are pretty darn unhappy. Right now, we're, we're living in a time when people are even just polling shows that, that people are extraordinarily unhappy. There's social isolation. There's mental unhealth. There's alcoholism. 2022 was the the biggest year for suicide in our nation's history. More people killed themselves uh, last year than any any wow. other year in our history. And um and not only that, but our social commentators and and I don't mean just like conservative types or gloomy types. Our social commentators, our best and brightest of every political and philosophical background, have been writing about civilizational decline, um, for the better part of a at least a century. Um, so it's things are bad and, and our controversies and debates don't tend to be about whether things are bad, but about whether anything can be done about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the things that I loved about this song too, is that it's written. If you look at the bare bones of it, almost in the style of a sort of a pop ballad and all of our popular music, I, I'm absolutely mind blown by this because I recently researched the lyrics of the top hits of the last century or so. So our most popular songs out there are Lamentations. They're very sad songs. Um, and, and not only that, but they're not, they're not cocky. They're not marching forward into a better future. And they're not dissing the wisdom of the ages. They're usually expressions of, man, this is lousy. Um, I, I kind of get this feeling that we're, we've lost something, where we're missing something. They're mournful songs. Um, and, 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 you know, the first one I picked and when I was doing this research was Somewhere Over the Rainbow, 1939. Right. Um, it's actually a very sad song. It you is. Know, it's a place that I heard of once in a lullaby, you know, 
And it starts with this little intro of, you know, when, when, when the raindrops are falling and when all the world is a jumble and the raindrops are falling everywhere. And, you know, there's this place and it says the bl bluebirds fly over the rainbow uh, and, and it says birds fly over the rainbow. Why? Oh, why can't I? And it start you start with that, and it's basically like a, a like a postmodern dirge. And right. if you look at all of our biggest hits through the years, they're all like that. Um, even big like loud party songs like Queen, you know, a Bohemian Rhapsody is a miserable song. It Bohemian Rhapsody is it's first of all it's interesting that like you know what something we're missing something you heard of once in a lullaby. Bohemian Rhapsody is addressed to mom. And it's saying, uh, I don't know what's wrong, but something's very wrong. And I've done things wrong. And now I have to face the truth. And, um, you know, somewhere beyond this chaos, there's, there's, there's a reality. And, um, but in this setting, no, nothing really matters. And there's so much of that. It's, it goes all the way up until the most recent big hits. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting that we're just, if you measured our civilization, by its public rights, as represented in our popular music, you'd say that's a very sad and adrift and lost civilization. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this song answers that um, in, in a really substantive way because it, it, it's interesting too because I think that a lot of conservative commentary or sort of traditional commentary has sort of like been landing punches at our wayward culture accurately. We, we could claim the mantle of the best and most incisive critics of our culture. Um, but by the same token, we're not really shaping it and we're not within it and we're not participating in it, which, you know, it's admirable kind of not to participate in some of the worst of it. But by the same token, we're not really engaging it. We've got this sort of civil sibling rivalry with our own neighbors. And I think that this song, what's so beautiful about it I think is that it offers a real fatherly love in response to the hurt that's in our culture. Yeah. And it's an inviting love. It's not a confrontation. It's not a rivalry. Uh, it's, and it, and it, the best, best thing is that it grants the worst of our culture in a way, its strongest position and then ups the ante with uh, love and says, you're right. Let's say, let's say that, as the lyrics of Father Aeneas says, let's say Washington has been bombed off the face of the earth. There is no more New York. Let's say everything is destroyed. Okay? Let me grant you, you're, you're like, yes, it's things are totally bad. The Western world is ruined. Okay. Let's say it's that bad. Well, what are you going to do about it? And, and you know, and, and that's, I think that's a really beautiful invitation. And, and, and sort of like, it's so weird because it's like, it's so dark. But it it winds up coming around to something more cheerful than right. than than anything. I mean, it, it's like no, you still have a purpose. You still got to live. You know. Yep. I'm curious, even when you you were going through the um the different songs and how they express, do you um take any stock in um a quote that came from it's either Confucius or not Confucius? Forgive me. Uh, Socrates, I think, is who it was. It was someone of that of that uh, great philosopher. I was Confucius. Those two. <laughs> I was, <laughs> it is a Confucius subject to be discussing. But, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but it was one of them who said that if you want to know, I'm the just Socrateseing. <laughs> 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 
I'm a dad. It's in my blood now. I can't even help it. <laughs> I know, it, right? It come out. And but the, the, the thing is, does, does the family groan when you make those jokes? <laughs> no, they celebrate me. They embrace they? me. Uh, yeah, they, dad they jokes. embrace my my identity as a dad. They dad buy jokes. you more fedoras. That's good. They're That's adorable good. dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say his jokes were fedorable? Is that what you said, Father? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You can hear the applause right now. Okay. Um, but it was one of the great, great philosophical minds that said that if you want to know the morality of a nation, let me hear its music. And then I'll tell you of the morality. Now, that that's a broader picture of morality in general, but you're talking about even the hope of a nation or the hope of a society or the hope of a time. That, that music is such a way to express, in general, the ups and the downs, the good, the bad, the hope. But what do you think about that statement about, and, and how it translates maybe to what you're talking about, that you know, even great philosophers would say music speaks to something much deeper about what's going on inside that society? Yeah, I, I think that's a really important insight. Um, and, and it also tells us, it also tells us something that, you know, the, the the original quote, as I recall it, is give me the songs of a nation and I care not who writes its laws. Mm. And interestingly, there can be a distinction. And I believe that there is a strong distinction. And I see a lot of hope in the fissure between um, who writes our laws and who writes our music. Because those who have been writing our music for the last, you know, many decades are humble. They're not assertive. They're not policymakers who are trying to make mandates. Um, you know, just to take one example, I love LGBT music. It's very, it's sorrowful. It's sad. It's honest. It's broken. I've, I've heard some of some of my favorite songs that I've heard are LGBT. I don't like the political movement because that's an entirely different matter. It's again the distinction between who writes, you know, between the songs of a nation and those who write its its laws. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a temptation for people who care about ethics and morality and about, you know, I don't know, culture wars. Um, there's a temptation for us to say the bad guys, you know, the Hollywood people and the song people and the people in Washington. And they're not all the same necessarily. Um, you know, like um, I just mentioned uh, uh, Freddie Mercury's. Uh, 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 Bohemian Rhapsody, right? You could say that's an LGBTQ song, but it's a song that's it's it's beyond repentant. It's almost despairing. Uh, it's totally broken and it's totally inviting. Of you know, please just give me uh, just give me a a leg up. You know, uh, I, I I you know, it's almost like begging for grace. Mm. It's much easier to interact with um, than some sort of a you know, a committed ideologue who's like trying to make, you know, cobble together something and replace, you know, to replace, you know, some new worldview to replace the old wisdom of the ages. Right. Um, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I think so too. Yeah. And I'd heard that, um, th that same uh, take on the quote, uh, whether it was the same quote or a different quote about the laws of a nation compared to the, the arts basically and how, because music moves the heart. Laws don't. I mean, laws tell you what you can and can't do. But music, it, it's one of those key things that just changes 
the way we feel, the way we express, the way we we look at things and view things. And why World War III? Why would you write it in the context of of World War III, especially in, in the times? What is it that you're seeing or, or or wanting to say? I mean, kind of what I wanted to say is to talk to the dour people that I know and say, so what? Let's say it's as bad as you think. Let's say it's worse than you think. You know, what are you going to do? And I modeled the title character, right? Father Aeneas. He's named after the 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 uh, the um the, the hero of the Aeneid, which is my favorite work of literature, probably. And um, what I love about Aeneas of Troy is that he takes the moment when all that he has cultivated, all that he has ruled over, all that he cares most about is up in flames. He takes that as the beginning of his story. That's chapter one mm. of the Aeneid, which is this whole epic. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I had in mind, actually, for a while, I haven't done it, maybe I will someday, but I wanted to start a podcast that was just called The Harriad, because my name is Harriad. And it sounds like an ancient epic, actually, if you just say the Harriet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my tagline was going to be, you know, welcome to the Harriet, the show where only epic heroes are allowed to speak. <laughs> but the idea was I wanted to have people, only people who had a direct hand in stuff, who had skin in the game as guests. Mm. So no, Sean Hannity, maybe not, <laughs> because you're just talking. Um. Not, not that I'm dissing Sean Hanny in particular, although no. I, I'm not a fan. But the point is that, you know, like people, I was seeing on social media, like we were talking a little bit before we uh, started recording about social media, where I'm like, what are you doing? There are so many people out there who are doing nothing but, you know, talking. Um, and I wanted to have people on who had a direct hand of something. Have you started a nonprofit that serves the local community? Um are you actually going, if you're involved in politics, are you actually going door to door? Are you actually getting, are you doing voter drives? Are you, you know, um, you know, are you, uh, what is your involvement? What, what is, are you creating something of value and giving it to the community? Mm -hmm. And that's part of why I've gotten more and more into to music is good. I'm like, oh, I have a skill. I have an ability to make a thing and provide it to people. Um, that's, that's, that's real stuff. You know what I mean? That's, that's different than, you know, being a commentator or, or something, not that you, there's nothing wrong with being a commentator. That's another way of being, you know, of producing something that you have to, that you can offer to the community. But I guess there's a distinction I, it, between being someone who bike. It's, it's one thing to have a show and to run a production and it's a lot of work and you're providing something for your community and for the people around you. It's another thing to be a guy with a laptop or an iPhone who just shows up and comments on everything mm, right. <laughs> on social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That's not work. That's not, you don't have your hand in anything real. Right. And, and, and um, so yeah, the world war three thing, sorry, I'm really long winded, but the world war three thing uh, is basically, is just like, be like an Aeneas. Um, it doesn't help that a lot of the commentary out there from Combox people, you know, people on social media or elsewhere, is very negative it, it it is basically look everything's falling apart and i'm like yeah for aeneas literally everything he cared about was burning down he was defeated and he picked up his father and shouldered him and he took his son and he walked out of troy out of the burning through the burning buildings to go found roman civilization 
he was going to do something. Yeah. Um, what are you doing? Let's say it's as bad as you say and worse. What are you, what is your, what are you going to do? How are you going to be an epic hero? That's kind of my attitude. Right. If that makes sense. You know, yeah. I was thinking about how you, you know, father Aeneas and, and his uh, beautiful uh, explanation of why uh, you went this direction. But I was thinking as, as you were talking about that is just a, what is a really good father? You know, he, he's the provision, the protection that the, that the father uh, offers, but it's hands-on, it's a tenderness. It's it, like you're saying, you know, do something uh, mm. to better the, the family, the world uh, all around you actually, actually do something with that. But at the same time, um, uh, he's a protector and, I, I look at the models in, in sacred scripture, and uh, yes, they uh, went heart to heart with people and made that connection and provided and protected too, uh, be and and called out. And here's the word I'm going to use: is the tyrants. Um, and uh, I I think of. The Blessed Mother calling on God the Father, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servants. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones. He has sent the rich away empty. You know what I mean? Uh, the Psalms are replete with that as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's, a, a, there's a tyranny that feels that uh, there's a timing. And, uh, and, and so, you know, you, you went to world war three here. I, there's a lot of people that feel, uh, that's not out of the question uh, right no. now. Uh, we got Ukraine going on. We got Israel going on just for one. We got an open border going on. Uh, we've got lots of stuff going on. And at the same time, uh, we've got a lot of people going, wait, wait, what are we supposed to, we do need fathers. We need we need fathers to 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 come to their protection. Uh, yes, their provision. Um, and and in terms of you know you you say Father Aeneas, uh, that's an ordained priest uh, that provides for for the people uh, the sacraments, but also the Word of God. Here's the hope. Here's how here's how we make it through this. Here's what God said about this. And we, uh, God provides, I believe, his miracle protection as well. When we call out to him, he answers, maybe not exactly how we expected, but usually greater than we expected. I'll, I'll say always. But anyway, um, that's why I think the Father image amid, in Christmas, <laughs> World War III, strikes a chord, at least with me it does. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. um, so you know, Stephen is. I don't know. Am I am I missing the the mark here, or or what? What do you think about that with um, the the father? You know, the the provision, the the protection. Yeah. But also at the same time, the hands on intimacy. Yeah, there's some there's something in there about. For some reason, there's something about um, hearing. Being assured that. One of the worst things that can happen to you is to somehow become convinced that the truth is not in your own interests. Hmm. And to come into contact with it 
will somehow violate or hurt you. And something about Father Aeneas is forthrightness, and it, there is a sort of intimacy, there's a tenderness to him. There's something about it that when you hear his words in this song, in my opinion at least, you come a step closer, to, I guess, realizing that the truth is not a, a source of condemnation or a threat. Uh, the truth is the voice of a loving father. And I don't think there's anything more needed right. than that assurance. Yep. Stephen, right now we've got a lot of people, as you mentioned earlier, who were very concerned. And Father said, yeah, for good reason, about the possibility of something escalating to the level of a total World War III. Um, you know, it was just discovered recently that China has, for the last year, been hacking into some of our critical systems, water treatment plants in Hawaii, communications in Guam, Power grid, they went after a section of the power grid down here in Texas. Um, and there's serious concern that these could be acts of war being geared up or ginned up, ready to go. So, yeah, there's a big concern for that. How, how, yeah, I, let me, let me also say this. I think that little things like a, like a beautiful painting and a beautiful song and, and, you know, a birthday celebration, those things are all so important to help us get through the day, get through the moment. And yet we're in the face of all these much more serious, grave potential events. And how do you see something like this song helping people get through the moment? Because I, th I think life is a lot of just like the lily pad. Like I just, I got to get to the next moment. And God provides the grace from that pad to that pad, that leap to that leap, that step to this, this next step. You know, because we, we shouldn't be sitting here dwelling on you know, World War Three, knowing that it might be out there, okay. But today, how does a song like this song help me get through this moment? Practically speaking, it doesn't, because um, the arts are not practically useful. Um, they're they're um, they're kind of a, 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 a to to try to instrumentalize them would would um, would degrade them in a sense. But by the same token to try to elevate them as a solution uh, uh, like that somehow is better than the practical would also uh, would indirectly degrade them. Cause you'd be like, yes, forget about preparedness and forget about, you know, any practicalities. All that matters is something over the rainbow. And that's, that's also a, a kind of a failure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, when I hear you talking, I'm just like, Oh yeah preparedness hmm. it's it, it's not a musical thing <laughs> no, does that make yeah, sense and that's your yeah. specialty um and, and i'm and i'm for that and, and um you know the because i don't i don't want to i wouldn't want people to look at my music as a way of sort of finding solace in the status quo hmm. um if that makes sense yeah. and i would also contradict what father was saying about when it's necessary to call out tyrants um people might get to thinking oh no that's not my business i'm just a sweet little man who listens to music hmm. um you know does that make sense i, I kind of yeah it can makes me think about the i'm a lover not a fighter type of phrase yeah right? i love did you see Keanu, that clip of keanu reeves response to that no what is it oh he was awesome so keanu reeves is a cool guy but he he does bjj which i do too and um 
he was in an interview with someone, I think it was R Drew Barrymore, I think it was. She said, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And he said, well, you can't be much of a lover then, can you? She said, what do you mean? He said, well, what kind of a lover are you if you're not willing to fight for what you love? Nice. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. yeah, Frank, man, that's exactly yeah. right. That's awesome. Frank Sheed said that in his book, Theology for Beginners, that people who say they're a lover, not a fighter, essentially you're lying because if you really love you will fight for what you love how you fight of course is determined right. by what it is you're dealing with but yep. well, if someone comes in the door in the middle of the night you fight for your loved ones if someone's trying to attack the catholic faith you you get on your knees and fight with the rosary and prayer and fasting and yep. yeah it's definitely part of that uh, you know i hate to use the phrase but it's almost like there's a there's a wholesomeness there's a sanity there's a mental health that can come with um raising your mind toward God and, and your heart and your heart toward God and prayer is good for you, I think. Not necessarily in the you know, like in the sense of, you know, come here and it'll heal you. Mm. But um being in right relation with reality, I guess, is right. almost like a definition of sanity. And I try to write very sane lyrics. You know, we're you're we're talking about, you know, World War Three and, and things like that, and, and people are uh, angst is about the best way I can describe it. Uh, is pervasive right now, and um, I don't know about you, both of you. I guess I'll I'll point this to, but um, in the midst of this, and maybe because we're all fathers, you, you guys in your way of mind and mine, but um, that I I just keep feeling we need to unify. Remember, I, I, I mean a t-shirt, unite at the foot of the cross, but is that's pulling the family together, right? That's like, that's like getting in a huddle and, and, and being that tight unit where we sure rely on each other. Um, but, um, but what I'm seeing right now is the devil, he divides and conquers, right? The division that's going on is crazy, and I'm just like, we got to unite. We got to unite. And then the other word that's been so prominent too is peace. You know, we have to. Um, yes, we have to fight, um, but we have to try to do it in a way that's biblical. That's the will of God. Um, but charity, you know, uh, my bishop he. I always point out he was my he called me spiritual son. There's a Zacchetto right there, Bishop Marlino. Uh, he always said truth with love, truth with love, truth with love. Um, we've got to make sure the truth does not get overridden by lies, falsehoods. Um, so we've got to get the truth out there. But but all that, all that's my way of saying is with truth, with uh, the sense of um, God's blessed presence among us of uh, being tied in with God because all we want to do is God's will. That's where peace comes. That's where peace comes. And again, it's this uniting at the foot of the cross, uniting with our brothers and sisters in Christ, uniting at the foot of the cross with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the place of peace. And so getting people there, getting people, especially when we're being torn apart, especially when we see danger, danger, Will Robinson, all around us. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. And, and when we take issue with this person and that thing and this thing over there, 
um, and the ty- the tyranny that's going on right now. I mean, it just seems like the dam broke with that. And, and all of that seems to be pushing us apart and, or getting in a sad each other's throat. And I'm just like, no, 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 we got to unite. We got to unite. We got to unite at the foot of the cross. We got to, we've got to come home to our Lord. That's the place of peace, but it's also the place of strength. You know, that's the place where we're strong, strong by, uh, we're strength in numbers. Yes, but we're strong in God's mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. So you can stand against the tactics of the devil, Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. You know, so um, I I just feel like, Stephen, I, I love this song because that's what I felt when I listened to that. You know, come home on Christmas Eve. Mm. Come home. I just have chills run through me, really big ones. Uh, but come home on Christmas Eve. I mean, that's that to me, that's just another way of saying get with us at the foot of the cross and let's be family for each other. Stephen, am, am I hitting it or missing it? No, I love it. And I mean, you're obviously, you're being a priest too. Yeah, a father. And so, I mean, yeah, and a father. And it makes sense. I, I didn't even think to mention that, of course, you know, the, what is the whole culmination of the song, right? Is Midnight Mass. I mean, that's the song yep. is about the Mass. Yep. It's about the priests bringing, bringing the sacraments and precepts of the church to 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 a person in the worst of circumstances, and yeah, I think there is a, uh, there's a lot of um, <clears throat> you know when when you when you it's funny I I you it's funny you mentioned the cross because the the crucifix stuck with me even when I was uh, I considered myself an atheist. I, I never had a problem, in a sense, with the crucifix. And, um, in fact, one of the things that I liked about it was that the indignity of it and uh, the 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 drama of it contradicted what I hated most about the Christians that I encountered, which was uh, a sort of cheerful faith that papered over um, the real traumas of life and, and, and would dismiss what we were going through and what it, really the kind of tragedy and suffering that is inherent to human existence right. was something that they didn't want to hear about and didn't have any time for. Um, when in fact that's something that Christ shared in and it's what the sacraments and precepts of the church are directly meant to address. And the whole purpose and mission of the church is to bring something into the hearts of, the, of, of people who are, who are going through that. And um, I like that Father Aeneas says, you knew I loved you through it all. And um, when I think of the fact that I didn't let go of the crucifix and that that made sense to me even when nothing else did, um, I, I, don't, I, I almost think that that was, that's, that was God saying that to me. Um, and I see it everywhere. I, I mean, it's weird, but I don't see hope, but where I see something of, of a crucifixion. I don't see hope in, in precious moments depictions uh, of blue skies. And I don't see hope um, over the rainbow. Um, I tend to see it in 
the the more honest expressions of so, so, of sorrow, confusion, suffering, and um, so I I I I like that. And it's funny. I like I said, I like LGBT music. I and uh, a Bohemian Rhapsody. In a way, it's like a demonic song. It's like really nasty. And at the same time, I'm like, how cool is it that this guy is saying that, that he's in big trouble? And he and it's funny. He chose a jail cell in a sense to express his kind of worldview too. He's like, Mom, I just killed a man. Uh, you know, it's like there's no there's no way. He says, there, I, I, you know, is this there's no escape from reality? Got to leave you all behind and face the truth. He's tormented. Um, I like I like I like that. I, I don't know. I think that's missing from a from a lot of preaching, and 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 it's also missing from a lot of music. It's even missing from some Christmas music. At least Mariah Mariah Carey's. <laughs> so I mean, I know I like that. I think you're hitting on something there for sure. And and it's also really cool. I just I'm really honored actually to hear a priest using a song I wrote as a jumping off point to make. To, to preach i think that's really awesome <laughs> although i won't sing this at mass i promise i won't <laughs> I, i'm picturing now a montage of uh summer over the rainbow uh you know going back and forth to um what was the other song no bohemian, bohemian rhapsody? rhapsody oh bohemian rhapsody oh, yeah. wow got a boosh is that the one well, yeah i don't even know what it was really but uh, i mean and also summer over rainbow yeah, I mean, somewhere over Rainbow is sad. I don't, I don't like that people sing it and think it's so cheering. I'm like, well, right. no, it's a lamentation. Yeah. And and same thing with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Every drunk college she's cuddling kid Toto. Yeah, she's cuddling Toto. Well, and also she says, "I heard of it once in a lullaby." That really touches me. Like it's mm -hmm. it's something that she's feeling. She's lost, and she says, yeah. "Why can't Why can't I get that?" Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I keep going on about Dorothy. I know. <laughs> Dorothy's song. Yeah, I love you this. Know, song. I'm curious, you know, if, if you could comment on something. The, you know, what you're kind of getting at here, I find, um, you know, very relatable to the majority of people. There, there is kind of a Christian attitude out there that we're supposed to be joyful, yes, but there is a certain gift of joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. But man's situation on earth, as who was it? I believe Job, who says um man's life on earth is a drudgery i think something to that effect if i'm not mistaken so we do have this element that everybody can relate to you know as a friend of mine eric Jenis, he's a classical musician and he would say not everybody has riches or talent or popularity or even good health some people are just born with issues and problems and struggles and their entire life they live with it he says the one thing that seems to unite everybody is that we all suffer Everybody deals with some sort of drudgery, some sort of discouragement, some sort of weight. Um, yeah. And, you know, and you're talking about this in these songs, and I agree with that. You're like, somewhere over the rainbow, it sounds wonderful, you know, but you're right. There's something in there that says, yeah, but wait a minute, what, what's she really saying here? There is that innate something inside of all of us that battles with the difficult, yeah, and yet it's it shouldn't be. I don't think cast aside as if, hey, you're a bad Christian because you can't get over that, because everybody's going to wrestle with it to some degree. And even though I know what joy is supposed to be, in the sense that you know God has given me great things to be joyful about in different stages of my life, there's still the weight and the heaviness. I mean, I yeah, you know, close to my family. Thanks be to God, I've got many grandchildren now. Thanks be to God. You know, I love the way things are going with those pieces of my family. That's wonderful. My kids, grandkids. So I mean, there's there's just great things 
you know, um, health is reasonably good as far as I can tell right now from what the doctor told me last time I was there. You know, everything seems to be okay. And yet, I do know that there's the heaviness of this, that, and the other thing and the potential of what we see happening in the world and so forth. How do you kind of square it or, you know, find some some encouragement for those Christians out there who feel like they've been put, I don't want to say put down or put upon, because they can't shake this heaviness. It's just there. I would just say, I'm your man. And I'm 100%. That's uh, so central to my way of thinking and to my songwriting. By the way, Father Aeneas is the first of a lifetime of singles I'm going to be releasing on the first Friday of each month. Oh, nice. Um, Oh, wow. And they're all going to be, and Father Aeneas, you can find Father Aeneas bails you out on YouTube, and but also on Spotify and Good. iTunes and all of it. And then what's other... the what's the yeah. company again, Stephen? Uh, Last Day Music. Last Day Music. Yeah, I founded yeah. a nonprofit called Last Day Music. the The right. mission of Last Day Music is to give the people of Dodge County, Wisconsin, a healthy and creative way of expressing their most deeply held beliefs and emotions through a revival in Americana music. Mm. And that Whoa. ties in. Um, sorry, nice. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. We'll have no. links to all that. We'll have links to all this in the uh, in the information. That's an answer to my prayers, right there. Really? Wow. Yeah. It's wow. an answer to a lot of people. I mean, I honestly feel it's a calling and an answer to many people's prayers because I just kept coming across person after person who was talking like he wasn't sure he wanted to go on living, mm. and um, that's why I founded it. Um, and uh, but yeah, no, that's that's the thing. It, it, exactly what you're talking about, Doug. Like next month, actually, the January single is a song called "Bartender Jonah." That's going to be coming out mm. on the first Friday of next month. And that song, um, it, it it's it's written from the perspective of a bartender who is a prophet. Um, he has the spiritual gifts of 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 the greatest saints, like the, the you know basically gifts you haven't heard of since the early church. And his message is. Yeah, you know, I pretty much have to still go through it, you know. So, I mean, it's really exactly what you were saying. I suppose uh, first lines are, he says, uh, my my visions and prophecies never did be much good. The dog still drank the antifreeze and I still knock on wood. I saw angels and demons surrounding dad's bed fighting over his soul, but he still wound up dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes, people think they could see into eternity if they could only get off, if only if they could only get off the earth. But my point of contention is they never mention if they've seen eternity in the dirt because I've seen eternity in the dirt. Yeah. And, and there's a, you'd love this moment. It says, uh, so Jesus and Satan walked into the bar. Line them up, says the Savior. I ain't driving far. Devil says, but you live up in heaven, I thought. Go to hell, says the Lord. I'm from here and you're not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it, I, it goes right there. People think, yeah. people think they'll be saved and so well behaved soon as they can transcend this plane. But I don't listen to shamans. The one thing in common between me and Jesus is aches and pains. It's mm. exactly what you were saying. Yeah. So yeah, I'm your man, a hundred percent. You you're gonna love my music. Every Friday I it'll come out. I mean, every first Friday. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And so people can uh, click on to have that like sent to them an email and all that stuff. And yeah, the best way to do it would actually just to be f- to go to my Substack. So if you look okay. for my name on Substack, you could subscribe to that. I'll keep you updated. Okay. Uh, on okay. the releases and and the songs. Yeah, because I, I want like, I want to hear it right away. Yeah, no, that's uh, you're you're gonna love that song. That's exactly what you were I saying. Know, I can't wait. 
Yeah, no, it's, yeah, a, it's it sounds so like on it. the nose. Yeah. yeah, and I, I and I feel for the people who you know. I mean, in, in all the years I've traveled and, and spoken, people would come up after talks and they would say, you know, I, I get what 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 you know we're supposed to be, but I'm just not there. When am I going to get there? It's yeah, it you know it's so it, to me that's that's why I, I would honestly basically say that's why I used to call myself an atheist is it 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 it, it, it was insulting to me. Um, I'm heartbroken, and and I will never not be. And there were people that were talking as though there was no such thing as heartbreak, really as though there were no such thing as love, mm. which hurts. Yeah. And you're going to be hurting until you're until the other side. Yeah. Um, and and uh, there's a there's a yeah, there's a brand of Christianity that kind of permeates a lot of places that that is not that, that does not uh, want to allow for that. Um. And, and uh, it's it's painful to hear that. It's it's so strange. It was funny, actually. I just was talking, it, February's release. I was planning it out. And I said, okay, I can either do this very, very sad song, or I could do this kind of galloping love song I wrote. And uh, somebody said, I think you should do the galloping love song because February is a very dark month, and I think it's when people might be really down and maybe even considering suicide. And that's a big part of my work at last day music is i want to address and prevent suicide i guess and i said well yeah but that's why i want to put out the sad song because to a really sad person the love song is even more painful mm, right right there are all of these sad people out there who need sadness and no one will freaking listen to them and that's a big part of i think what my calling is and what i want to do um, yeah there's last day music and in my songwriting there's something about the grieving process that people go through when something tragic happens, like death of a loved one, for example. Um, I, I feel for myself, you talk about being heartbroken all the time. I, I feel that I'm almost in a constant state of some kind of grieving. Mm -hmm. and, and it's kind of grieving over what's going on in the world and what's to come in the sense of the prophecies and so forth. And I know there are people who will say, well, then just don't don't pay attention to them. Don't watch the news. Don't read the prophecies. It's like, but these are these are church approved from the Blessed Mother. I don't want to ignore what she's saying. I want to engage the right way. But just because I'm praying my daily rosary or fasting or going to mass, going to adoration and so forth, that doesn't mean that there isn't still a sense of grieving in my heart over what's going on. And I would liken it to the fact that there are images of the Blessed Mother that miraculously are weeping. They're grieving. And so Our Lady herself, in her perfect joy, being so perfectly united with the Sacred Heart, her Immaculate Heart and His Sacred Heart, still she weeps. So there is something about that being just part of this state, isn't it then, maybe Stephen, until God comes, until God really takes care of it all and really puts things where they need to be. We just kind of have to live, but do it in an ordered way, hopefully, so that it doesn't consume us it, 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 what do you think of that yeah i mean i like that and there, there's a lot of inconclusiveness mm -hmm. you know my, maybe my favorite line i ever wrote in a song was i was just saying this to a, a, a buddy on another show but it, it's um i've lost sight of more brightness than i'd ever hoped to view and it's mm. wow that's good it just may it's it's such a sad thing to say but i think it's this there's this um i was saying to another uh, friend recently i just said i think we're all mortified and we shouldn't pretend we're not mm -hmm. um 
And, you know, it's funny, there, there, there exists this whole uh, pervasive kind of cottage industry of people who get together for Bible studies and so forth and spend all of their energies just sort of reassuring one another um, and, and trying to keep each other from remembering that they're mortal mm. and, and that this is all passing. That's interesting. I, I, yeah, I get and, that. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I worry for those people. I worry for the, you know, like if I could picture the person I worry about the most, it isn't going to be some destitute urchin, you know, struggling with an addiction. It's going to be somebody, you know, somebody who's got a, you know, you know, a clean cut person with a good lawn and, yeah, you know, maybe a nice, you know, a nice, uh, up-to-date TV set and, um, their their life runs like machinery and they're very cheerful maybe they go to a some kind of a mega church and everyone tells them everything's all right because when when they finally allow their hearts to kind of connect with their brains again i think they're going to be in as much pain as me but they won't be familiar with it mm. <laughs> it'll mm. knock them out and them on their uh on their uh what is the word for this show tuckuses <laughs> one Just of the things show. <laughs> one of the things that I've done to try to be like a father Aeneas is to try to get the fathers together once a month. And you use uh first Friday, so do I feast mm -hmm. uh, when we honor the sacred heart of Jesus. Um, I call it the night of nights. And uh, we actually get before the blessed sacrament united, kneeling together like nights before the King of King. I like it exactly it. And, and then we go and get ourselves purified in the sacrament of confession. Uh, but, and then they get um, an inspirational um, talk to, to help keep them strong. But then, uh, and this is where I'm going to ask you on air, <laughs> then we go and have a social together. And I would love if you would come and sing February oh. 2nd, uh, first Friday in February. Oh, so, that'd be awesome. I know. I'm sitting here thinking about it as I'm listening to this. would be so cool. Because I'm going to talk about my experience at up my fatherly game. It's an anniversary of being at Mass with the Pope on that day, on that day February 2nd. So it's kind of mm -hmm. cool. And I'll, I'll talk about that uh, while we're adoring in the church. But uh, but then we go over to the hall, and it's got a stage, and we, we can make it really nice. And, uh, nice. Let's do it. Let's do it, right? February yeah, 2nd. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. St. Patrick's Church in Janesville. Everybody be there. No girls yeah, allowed. Every, no girls allowed. I'll, I'll I'll tell my wife not to be in labor that day. She usually is. Oh, in is labor. that about the time? Oh wow. No, no, no. It's not. Our All baby right. isn't isn't due until late uh, March. Okay. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, well, I'm looking at the clock, and I think we are right about at time, Stephen. Um, thank you so much. You know, I I was listening to you too. You are fighting, uh, and and the image that came to me was. Uh, you know, you're going through like a violent storm and grabbing that, that, that soul that's just about ready to slip off the cliff mm. and you're putting yourself out there and you're saving that soul that really just wants to let go. And, um, and so you've decided that this is the gifts that God has given you. And this is the way he's calling you to fight. And I, you know, I don't know if fight is the appropriate word, but but to do something, anything during this time to save that soul from letting go and and falling off that cliff. And I'm so grateful to you. Yeah, and please, awesome. everyone, if you would 
uh, check out Spotify. I think Doug will will put up uh, links to that as yeah, well. We have links in the description for all yeah, everything yeah. to get more information and see all of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is an amazing song, and it just um, it gets you going. Anything you want to say to close, Stephen? No, just thank you so much, and thanks for your sure. ministry, uh, and and for being a father in AS to people. Uh, God bless you. Thank there's you. Nothing more valuable in the whole world. God bless. Thanks. All right, let's end with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we need a revival, a revival in the land. Uh, ignite the hearts. Let the men, uh, as providers and protectors, be leaders uh, to call us all to the foot of the cross. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Thanks for being Stephen. with us. Thanks, Stephen. Doug. Thank you.